Yeah, you guessed it. I'm the fantasy manager of the Doomsday Device and the Legion of Doom Fantasy Football League. I'm Ben McCarthy, the greatest 0-3 team in the history of fantasy football. But I'm not here to talk about fantasy football, about how bald Adam Graham is, the cut promos, or how bad even his trades are. No, I'm here to talk about the Plowball Radio Podcast. Find us on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast. We talk about Jesus Christ, we talk about theology, we talk about scripture, we talk about church culture, and we even talk about other things. Bradley rants about who knows what, Derek talks about food, and they're really good food takes, believe it or not. And yeah, sometimes I even like to bring up some wrestling. And we even look at memes and stuff, and we post it on our social media page, just what you need to follow. So yeah, come check us out. Leave a like, share it, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. And I just want to appreciate Marcus and BJ for allowing me to advertise on their podcast, even though I'm the greatest dynasty manager of all time. So yeah, for all of our league mates that are listening to this, well, you know what's going to happen. You're going to fall to the doomsday device. Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty league. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Raper. What's up? You busy watching the Braves game right now, Marcus? Man, trying to. I'm torn at the moment, trying to watch it and, and get this recorded, so... Hey, man, I get it. You know, the once-in-a-lifetime experience right now, something that hasn't happened, like we said last podcast, since 1999. Is that right? That's, that's it. So, any, so it's, it's monumental. Ra- yeah, random burst of, of screams or whatever. Just understand that it's it's important. <laughs> hey, I get it, man. You know, just acting like y'all are having church over there. That's right. Uh, so before we get started, man, I just want to take time and thank the listeners once again for tuning in and helping us grow. I know I say this each and every week. I know it gets old, but seriously, from the, the from the bottom of my heart and from Marcus as well, we just want to thank you guys for taking time out and listening to, to us just ramble and rant about fantasy football or our takes and just the uh, important things that we see. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the time that you take out of your day to just give us a listen, man. We, we, we genuinely appreciate that. And uh, as you heard at the beginning of the show with our commercial from our good friend, Ben, who was on last week, we also want to take this time and thank Plowboy Radio. Uh, I know each and every week I say, go check them out, go give them a listen. Seriously, take time out of your day and do that. So, Marcus, you ready to hear about what we got in today's episode, man? Yes, sir. Awesome. This week, we have our review of our week eight must start, must sit. Then we'll have our week nine start and sit of the week. After that, we'll go through quickly our Legion of Doom, which is our home league week eight matchup recap. And then we have a fun segment here for you guys, something that we uh, we've been wanting to do for a little bit is a midseason review. What we want to do is we are almost at that halfway point, a little over the halfway point now of fantasy football season. And what me and Marcus want to do is take just the top 10 in each position, talk about where they were drafted at in our home league, the Legion of Doom. And just how that's playing out for some of the guys. And so we want to go over that, just talk about the top 10 list, see some people who are some honorable mentions maybe, and people who have fallen out of that top 10 as well. Uh, 
So, Marcus, let's jump right into it, man. I want to hear you. I want to hear your take on this. We've had some big news come out this past week, right? Uh, we've had some key injuries, such as Jameis Winston tearing his ACL, uh, Derrick Henry hurting his foot, I believe, which we'll talk about here in a little bit as well. Uh, but two big things happened just uh, a little bit ago. Uh, today, as we were recording on Tuesday, what is it, November the 2nd, uh, this morning it was found out that Henry Ruggs ended up uh, having a car crash today. I think it was early this morning, uh, ended up, uh, was driving under the influence and ended up involving a really, really bad uh, car accident. So I don't want to get much into this, Marcus. Um, honestly, there's a lot to uh, for them to work out and for them to settle. And so honestly, this may be a hot take, but I think it's better if we don't have a take on this. Uh, I think it's better if we just let it play out and see what happens. Uh, I think there's better people. that are more qualified to talk about that stuff. And honestly, let's let them do it and decide uh, what to do with Henry Ruggs and fantasy. You cool with that? I agree. Awesome. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about though, is this Calvin Ridley news. Uh, so as you guys may have heard, um Ridley has chosen to take a step away from football to work on his mental health uh his return as of this moment is unknown and uncertain at this time Marcus I want to know how you feel about this situation the, way, the reason I ask this question ma'am uh, me if you guys don't know me and Marcus are from the south we're from Mississippi uh and so I've heard a lot of takes on this uh specifically from Twitter and Facebook and things like that I've heard some positives and I've heard some negatives. Let's just be honest. And so, Marcus, um, what do you what's your perspective on this? What do you think? Let's talk about the news first of him taking a step away from football for mental health reasons. And then after that, we'll talk shortly about fantasy football implications of this. OK, so what's, what's your perspective here? Man, I think uh, from a personal perspective, you have to put yourself in a position that you're able uh, to be in the right mind to 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 be there for and to help those that are around you and those that are going to help you. Uh, I think if, you know, football's causing you mental stress, uh, then quit. Uh, in the end, the fans, the coaches, and all that stuff matters. Uh, you, Like you said, you're going to have the people hollering from a fantasy perspective or, uh, you know, fans of, of the Atlanta Falcons and things like that. Uh, but, but in the end, those people are, are not who's going to be by your side through the rest of your life. So take a break, get yourself right, you know, whatever it takes uh, to, to do that, and then come back. Or don't come back. You know, it's his decision. Uh, I feel like, like, you know, a lot like I did back when Andrew Luck, you know, kind of up and quit. People didn't know what happened, what went on. A lot of people was dogging him for it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, th those guys choose to make a living uh, in, in the public eye. Uh, you know, they're talented and, and in, in, in the public eye, then you're criticized for everything that you do. But, man, if the guy ain't right, you know, there's no sense in going out every week trying to push through that. I mean, he needs to step away from the game long enough to to get himself right. Yeah, and I, I agree with that 100%, man. I know uh, today mental health is one of those areas where people often overlook, uh, especially when the, the aspect of athletes. Uh, people often don't talk about mental health, nor do they actually take care of themselves mentally like they're supposed to. Let's just be honest. Uh, I'm sure that athletes honestly struggle with this more than just the average guy as they're, like you said, they're in the public spotlight each and every second of each and every day. And so I'm sure they think that they have to have everything together, not show weakness or anything like that. Uh, so even though it's tough for fantasy man managers in this moment, I'm going to be honest with you, that's a small picture compared to what's going on here. 
I think the bigger picture is is so much more important, and that's that Calvin Ridley is taking care of himself, and he is taking the steps to take his mental state to where it needs to be. So kudos to him, man. Uh, I know it's a tough situation that he probably had to make, you know, something that probably didn't come easy to him. Uh, but the reason I wanted to bring this up, Marcus, man, is because I think for us what we have to do is take fantasy football out of the equation. Uh, we have to support this guy as a human being, somebody who's going through his own stuff in his head. And um, I know for me and you, we probably understand what that's like because we've gotten older and things like that as well. And so for us, we kind of rely on that spiritual backbone of Christ and our relationship with him. And so, you know, Ridley, I hope he, I hope he gets straight in this time, you know, man, like I hope he takes this moment and just kind of clears his head and uh, takes his time away from football to focus on things that are important, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, Marcus, if you're a manager of Calvin Ridley and, you know, you got him on your fantasy squad right now, let's say Dynasty, okay? If you're win now, what are you doing with him? Are you selling them? Are you holding them? Or honestly, are you trying to get a couple of shares? What do you think? Well, uh, in, in, you know, my fantasy leagues, I don't own him. Uh, it's, so it's hard for me to say what I would do. Uh, I did trade for Andrew Luck. Uh, right before he quit, I think it was the year before in, in Ben's league, I traded for Andrew Luck, and then he, you know, steps away from the game. So it never come back. Uh, I didn't really have a chance to do anything in that league. But I, I feel like with Ridley, if I did have him, uh, he may return. He may just race, waste a, a roster spot. I, I wouldn't give him away, but I do think I would try to see what I could get out of him. You know, I would probably try to trade him, especially if you're in a win now. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of the only option you got because you know for the rest of this year and probably next year he may come back he may not so if you're in a win now i think you're trying to you're trying to see what you can get absolutely man i know uh, i have him in legion of doom and that's something that i kind of have that decision to make you know uh, i ended up turning down an offer for him at the beginning of the season that you sent me that you sent me chase claypool yep. in a first and i declined that sucker but you know it's one of those things where i'm not really that upset about uh if the best offer I've gotten this week so far was Zach Wilson straight up in a one quarterback. And I was like, nah, you know what, man, I'm, I'm good. And yeah. uh, it's one of those things, honestly, it's just a high risk, high reward situation. Uh, if you want to hold him through this and he come back in three games, then cool. Awesome. Good job. You know, uh, if you end up selling him, I saw a guy sell him for, I think it was Michael Carter in a 2022 first. And so if that's the case, then awesome, you know, go for it. Uh, if you can get that deal done and everything, then sweet. Uh, but, you know, it just kind of depends on your team. It kind of depends on the, uh, the, I guess, the makeup of it and stuff. Uh, I'm also in a rebuild where I send an offer out just to kind of see what's up. And uh, right now, right now I've got a bid in for, I think it's a 2022 second, a 2023 second and uh, Mike Davis. And right now the guy's actually leaning towards taking that offer. And so, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I think the important part here is, man, is, you know, like I said, Ridley's getting the help that he needs. And uh, we, me and Marcus, I know we're just the legacy of legends here. Uh, we we support him in his decision. And, you know, we're not ticked off about it or nothing like that. Absolutely. All right, Marcus, let's jump into this review of our must start, must sit. So we won't uh, waste any more time on the episode. Not saying that we waste time doing that, but you know what I mean. All right, Marcus. So who was your must start last week and how did that play out for you? I know this is the doozy. Well, yeah, I mean, I figured I'd play the part of BJ this week, and I felt this was a surefire must start. I told you to start Gainwell. Uh, all year, he's eat into Miles Sanders' carries, and uh, Miles Sanders went down. So, there's only one option, right? 
Yeah, split the carries evenly between Gainwell, Scott, and Jordan Howard. Uh, <laughs> to, to their defense, though, they done more with the carries. I think Gainwell had the even amount, uh, but towards the end of the game, uh, Gainwell didn't get to play much. It was kind of trash time as they beat up on Detroit. Uh, so I know that the Miles Sanders owners are furious. Uh, and it, it was a blowout, uh, but they was running the ball a lot even early in the game. People all year has been saying hand the ball to Miles Sanders, and they haven't done that. Uh, Hertz has run it itself, or they've thrown the ball in that situation. And now with Sanders going down, they turn to the run. So I uh, hope you didn't listen to me because Gainwell didn't get like two points. So uh, maybe maybe better next week. And that's one of the things, man. I think my what about biggest, you, BJ? My nope. biggest my, my my biggest takeaway from that as well, Marcus, is I I honestly thought Gainwell was going to come out and ball out. Uh, I actually started him in one of yeah. my, my redraft leagues. Uh, but I yeah. think what's kind of the important part here that we kind of saw me and you is the fact that that was a positive game script against Detroit. I think they mm-hmm. beat him by what? Like it was at one point 30 points, but they ended up, I think, scoring a couple yeah. touchdowns there late. Yeah. Uh, I think most of the time the Eagles are down. And honestly, I think the Eagles are going to be down in a lot of games going forward. And so with that being the case, game well is a PPR machine. Uh, he's that James wide out of the backfield top running back. And so I think here pretty soon you're going to be able to roll him out once more. Uh, So my must start from last week. Uh, Let me just jump into this real quick, man. It feels, it feels weird having one hit for once, you know? Uh, But I think the Indianapolis Colts has their new wide receiver one. And his name is Michael Pittman. I told you guys to start Pittman against the Titans defense last week, and I even said that I expected him to get you 12-plus points in that matchup. Not only did Pittman deliver and get you 12-plus points in that matchup, but Dude came out and gave you a whopping 30 fantasy points on 10 receptions, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. He has turned into a must-start wide receiver, two on a weekly basis. Uh, man, I like Pittman. Honestly, uh, I think that Carson Wentz has actually been playing pretty good this year. Uh, but with T.Y. Hilton being injured all the time, and honestly, they don't really have anybody else besides who is it, Zach Pascal and Paris Campbell, yep. who don't ever do anything. Uh, it seems like they're handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor a lot, and when they ain't handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, they're either throwing to him or they're throwing to Michael Pittman on a deep route. And so, man, if you got him in any league at all, plug him in, start him, roll him out there. Uh, so Marcus, uh, how was that must sit last week, man? I know you love this guy right here. I'm, I'm still happy about it. Uh, I told you to sit Mike Davis. Um, it was all in my hatred for him. Uh, but he, uh, he had a decent day, but he still didn't do a ton fantasy wise. He, he exceeded projections. Uh, but I think he's listening to the show and he's angry because he hears me talking crap about him every week, but that's good because I drafted him in five leagues, I believe. And uh, me and Mike Davis together can win the Super Bowl. Uh, of course, Atlanta's not going to win the real Super Bowl, but we can we can win my Super Bowl in some of these fantasy leagues. So get angry, and I'm going to start putting you in every week and, uh, you know, maybe hit hit Cordell Patterson in the knee with a broom or something in the <laughs> locker room, and, and let's get this done. But, yeah, if, if you didn't start Mike Davis uh, – he didn't miss out on a ton. I think he put up 12 points, but but he's finally seems to be getting some of the workload again. All right, so listen, man. I know the Atlanta Falcons organization is sure listening to us, uh, two guys from Mississippi. They care about what we say. Uh, I do want to make note 
Atlanta Falcons, if you guys are listening, take your boy Cordero or Cordero Patterson, take him out of the backfield, put him at a wide receiver since Calvin Ridley's out for a little bit, and just let Mike Davis do what he does. You know, uh, one thing I do want to make a comment on, shout out to Ben last week. Uh, he made a comment that Mike Davis will always get you 10 points. Uh, I think the one week that he burned you, Marcus, and gave you one may have been a little hiccup or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I looked at his stats, and he's right there. Honestly, he's correct. He's about 10, 11, 12 points every single week. It ain't great. but Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like I put him in there, you know, he's projected 15, yeah. 16, <laughs> and he gets 10 or 8. Yep. You know, and I, I need that 15 or 16. I've had some close matchups. I've lost uh, by by some slim margins, and I've won by some slim margins. So I need more than 10 points. That's why I'm trying to fire him up. Let's let's get 20 this week. Come on, Mike. You got this, man. Let's get let's go off. <laughs> all right. So my must sit last week. Uh, all I'm going to say about that is that the inconsistencies of Mr. Miles Gaskin continues. Uh, now, Marcus, I will say this, man. I'm starting to notice a pattern with Gaskin. Uh, on the odd number of weeks, one, three, five, seven, he puts up at least double-digit fantasy points, such as 12 in week one, 10 in week three, 31 in week five, and 17 in week seven. But on even weeks, he busts eight points, point three points, two points, 8.5. And so, if you're a fantasy manager, if this I doubt this pattern continues, but just something to keep an eye on. Uh, if he busts this past week, you may want to plug him in there. But he played in Buffalo this past week, and honestly, he was better left off on your bench. He ended his day with 12 carries for 36 yards rushing and three receptions for 19 yards receiving for a total of eight fantasy points. Uh, I mean, Marcus had to put My- Mike Davis in there. Mike Davis outperformed Miles Gaskin. And so performances like this can't win you a matchup. Uh, honestly, you're better off going and, man, I, ha- I hate to even say this, but try to find people like A.J. Dillon on your uh, on your waiver wire, somebody that can give you upside if the starter goes down. Uh, checking out Kenneth Gamewell, checking out Boston Scott, people like that. Uh, Miles Gaskin, man, it's hard for me to trust him as a running back too right now. No doubt. All right, Marcus, who's that must start for week nine, man? I know this is where everybody leans in and they pay attention to what we say because their lineups yeah. are so so dependent on us. Yeah, and they're they're probably going to not listen to what I say. Uh, but but I think Michael Carter going forward, uh, as long as Mike White is uh, in at quarterback, I feel Carter become a PPR machine. Uh, White looks for the quarter or the running back often, and I was listening to the fantasy footballers after I'd already typed up my show notes, and they had the same take. Uh, they say as long as Mike White's in there, start, you know, Mike, Michael Carter's a, a start. So you don't have to listen to me. You can listen to fantasy footballers. And if he doesn't do anything this week, it's not my fault. It's the fantasy footballers. So uh, I didn't steal theirs. I actually already had it typed up. But, but you know, it kind of gave me a little confidence to hear somebody else with the same take as mine. So yeah, I'd like uh, I've liked, I've liked Carter from, from the get-go, though. Uh, I, I took him in a couple leagues, uh, you know, late – and uh, actually, uh, I think Greg ended up with him on the on the orphan team in this league. And uh, you know, we can't do that father son trade because everybody will be talking about us. But but I would love to have him in this league as well. Yeah, it's like I ended up having him in a taxi squad on uh, in Robbie Superflex league that he has with us in it. And uh, I, I removed him from the taxi squad this week. I'm starting. I'm rolling him out there against Indianapolis. Uh, am no, I happy? Yeah. Am I happy that he's playing against Indianapolis on Thursday night? No. 
Uh, am I excited that he can give me a, a high root or a high upside play of 30 something points like last week? And heck yeah, man, I'm rolling them out there. Uh, Does everybody else hate Thursday night matchups as much as I do? Man, if they would have a good game, then I, I wouldn't I'm, be that upset. I'm about talking it. about just, just from a fantasy perspective. Like, I don't like all of my players playing that early in the week. Like, oh, I yeah. like the Sunday night and Monday matchups to where, you know, I'm just glad it ain't on a Tuesday night like it was last year with COVID. Man, that them was horrible. Man. Uh, all right, so this week I'm going with the one of the only guys that's an Alabama alumni that didn't have a negative effect on them in fantasy last week. And my must start for week nine is former Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle. The Miami Dolphins play at home this week against Houston. I don't think I really have to say much more than that. But I'm expecting Waddle to break free against that weak Houston defense just that the Rams just exploited. Uh, two is thrown for more than 200 yards every single game, and he's attempted almost 40 passes each and every game. Waddle's arguably the second or third option on that team as he fights for targets against Kasicki and Devontae Parker. And I think even with the competition, Waddle's on the verge of a breakout. Uh, he's currently sitting at wide receiver 28, and he's honestly is often overlooked. But I'm expecting at least 10 points in this favorable matchup. If you've got Waddle and you're worried about putting him in at that wide receiver two, three, flex, whatever it is, I roll him out this week. Uh, you know, it's a good matchup. I don't think Gaston's going to come out there and just torch the the tech or the uh, the Texans or anything. I think two is going to go out. I think it's going to throw a touchdown or two to Mike Gusecki, and I think Waddle's going to be uh, catching a couple of deep passes. Uh, so, Marcus, who's your must-sit for the week? Uh, Tom Brady, uh, because they're on a bye. <laughs> so sit sit Tom Brady. If you start him, then uh, you're gonna not get any points. Uh, for real, uh, Julio Julio Jones. He doesn't look healthy. Uh, he, he's got the potential to be great, but right now he's just struggling. And they're playing a Rams defense that got a lot better this weekend. Uh, and uh, Tannehill also just lost his safety valve and and uh, Derek Henry. And we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but he's not gonna have a ton of time. And I don't like starting Julio this week uh, as far as adding Von Miller to that defensive front. That's going to be a, a scary sight. So uh, I would sit Julio, and he'll probably come out and have a 20-point game. So, <laughs> you know, you make your own decision on whether you're going to listen to me anymore this week or this this year. Hey, so real quick, Marcus. Uh, I think, you know, the trade deadline's over with now, right? Mm-hmm. I think Von Miller trade was probably the biggest one that happened this year, right? This was a sucky trade deadline, especially for fantasy, because that was the only trade that had any, you know, worth to it. And unless you play in a defensive player league, it uh, it didn't have nothing. The only fantasy implications is now whoever's playing the Rams, you don't want to start anybody. So yeah, or if you got them in like a DST or something, then yeah, roll them out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so man, my must sit for this week, and I'm gonna go ahead and be honest. The next couple of weeks. If you have James Robinson on your fantasy football team, you've been happy with the production so far this season, except for that past week against Seattle. Uh, he went on a four-game streak, though, through weeks three through six and put up about 22 points a game. He was a solid RB, two during that time, honestly. However, he, he's had a rough three-game stretch. Uh, or, excuse me, he's, he has a rough three-game stretch coming up. He plays a tough Buffalo defense this week who just shut down Miles Gaskin. He plays at Indy against the Colts defense in week 10, who just shut down Derrick Henry. He then plays at home against the Niners, who just shut down Khalil Herbert. So this is not just a must-sit for week nine. This is a must-sit for weeks 9, 10, and 11. 
Plus, it doesn't help that Robinson that is actually coming off of an injury that he just sustained last week. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be limited in practice. I'm sure he'll be questionable coming up uh, into his matchup this week. Um, so honestly, if you got him as your RB2, you may want to look elsewhere for the next couple of weeks. And so, Marcus, what's your take on that? Uh, I agree. I think uh, just, just looking at the defenses, they're fist in the face. Uh, even if he's back in there starting, he's not going to be fully healthy. So you're going to have kind of a timeshare between him and Carlos Hyde. Uh, I, you know, I think you leave him on the bench. I'm actually probably going to be forced to start Hyde this week if Robinson's not fully healthy because uh, my bye weeks with the trades that I made don't match up. And I've got all four of my top running backs on a bye. So <laughs> may have to throw Hyde in there. Hey, man, that's tough. All right, so next what we'll do is we'll get into our Week 8 Legion of Doom matchup recap. Uh, so once again, if you guys are new to the show, our home Dynasty League Legion of Doom, which I'm a commissioner of, Marcus is a co-commissioner of, is made up of a variety of people. we got some close friends in here. we got a father-son duo. Uh, we got some preachers, some deacons, brothers-in-laws, pretty much everything. Uh, we all got together this past year and decided that we'd play in a 10-team, one-quarterback PPR Dynasty League. Uh, started back in January. So each week what we like to do is we just like to recap our format or our matchups in a brief format. Uh, still, It's still really enjoyable to the average listener, though. We still talk studs and does it each matchup. If you're keeping up with it, though, if you are a member of Legion of Doom, this was your standings going into week eight. Uh, what you had was you had Mitchell's Vertebraker sitting at five and two. It was number one seed. Number two seed was Robbie's RKO also sitting at five and two. Seed number three was Greg's Bro Kick sitting at four and three. And then seed number four was BJ's Sweet Chin Music at four and three. And then at five, you had Marcus's Stinger Splash sitting at four and three. You had Derek's Manable Claw sitting at four and three at number six. At number seven, you had Kelby's Rock Bottom sitting at three and four. At seed number eight, you had Ben's Stink Face sitting at three and four. At seed number nine, you had Adams Hitman Sharpshooters sitting at two and five. Man, I really expected Adam to be the top three team at this point throughout the season. And then at seed number 10, you had Landon's Diamond Cutter at one and six. So, Marcus, going into this week eight matchups real quick, let's go through this first matchup. Uh, this is one that me and you fought head-to-head in the battle of the podcasters. You had my sweet chin music sitting at four and three, and your stinger splash sitting at four and three. Uh, I was looking to put together a nice three game win streak. You was looking to avoid a three game losing streak, and so going into the matchup, Marcus, how how were you feeling there? Uh, not real well. <laughs> Again, half of my team is is hurt, uh, and then Devonte Adams, who did not play last Thursday night, uh, really put me in a in a hole to begin with Cobb Cobb come out and and done okay yeah he looked I had good. to play Cobb uh, yeah and uh but you know as far as going into that Adams is my probably my top performer each week mm-hmm. and and knowing I went from a possible 30 to Randall Cobb's 15 or 16 points I knew I had a lot of ground to make up yeah and that's kind of how I was too man I had a couple of guys coming back from injury and I was really just looking to see if they could produce off that injury as well uh, so top performers for Sweet Chin Music, you had Chris Godwin with 29 fantasy points, Najee Harris with 21, Elijah Mitchell, man, with 19 fantasy points. Guys looking good this year. C.D. Lamb with 17 fantasy points. Top disappointments for my squad was Dalvin Cook with seven, 
Noah Fant with a mere two fantasy points, who also just got put on the COVID list today, and Devontae Smith with two fantasy points. Top performers for Marcus's Stinger Splash was Robert Woods with 20 fantasy points. The guys turned that season around really quickly. Randall Cobb, shout out to the old guy with 16 fantasy points. And Pat Fryermuth with 14 fantasy points. I feel like I'm going to butcher his name every time. Top disappointments for your team, though, Marcus was Antonio Gibson with eight fantasy points, Alex Collins with four, and Brandon Bolden with two. The final score was Sweet Chin Music 128, Stinger Splash 93. Next week, I look to face Vertebreaker sitting at five and three, trying to battle for that number two spot. And then Marcus, you face Stink Face. So, Marcus, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers handling himself last week with Adams and Lazard out? And not only that, but also Man. if you if you weren't aware, Robert Tunyon uh, ended up tearing his ACL last week. I'm sure you're aware, Marcus, with the listeners. Uh, very, what do you very aware. what do you think the Packers do moving forward to tight end since they didn't go out and get Evan Ingram like we wanted them to? Well, to to answer both those questions, I think Rogers handled himself very well. Uh, I think with with what he had at receiver, uh, you know he 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 turned the ball over to Aaron Jones and and Dylan and let them do their thing, and then he threw the ball when he needed to. And honestly, uh, you know, beat the Cardinals on a night where nobody thought they had a chance down in Arizona. So yep. uh, with that, I think Rodgers showed out as far as moving forward at tight end with the trade deadline being over. I guess they're putting it in the hands of, of Mercedes Lewis, who is 132 years old. Uh, but that's that's what they're going with. Uh, I was hoping today, being a old Miss fan, that they was gonna they was gonna go out and, and get Evan Ingram. I actually come through the sleeper app at one time that they was you know in talks, mm-hmm. and uh, I was hoping that would be the route that they would go. That would not only give them a great tight end, but you know give Rogers a another option there. Uh, but uh, you know I, I feel like going forward they're gonna gonna see what Lewis can do. Yeah, and I think that Mercedes is just about broke down. Yeah, yeah, he's old. Yep, and so I'm. I think it's just going to end up being more targets for Devontae Adams. Um, I think that you know Rogers, he's the type of quarterback where he's still going to get it done. So Marcus, what was that? What was that second matchup last week, man? How did it turn out? All right, uh, we had uh, Adams, Hitman, Sharpshooter, at two and five, taking on Landon's Diamond Cutter at one and six. <clears throat> Adams' top performers was Tyreek Hill, who bounced back, uh, Daryl Henderson. And Cordell Patterson, Adams' top disappointments was Patrick Mahomes, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and Garrett Everett. Landon's top performers was Josh Allen, A.J. Brown, and Cole Beasley. And Landon's top disappointments was only uh, Rondell Moore and uh, Mike Williams. Other than the rest of that, Diamond Cutter's team met or exceeded projections, putting him over the top of the hitman 146 to 126 diamond cutter moves to two and six and looks uh to face a hot uh, broke kick adam also stays at two and six or moves to two and six and faces a must win week against rock bottom so bj six matchups left on the on the year you got two wins. Are you trying to trade away some of your lower pieces for draft picks? Or are you going to try to make that last-minute run? Man, it's tough. Uh, particularly in our league, there's one team sitting at three and five, and then there are a ton of teams sitting at four and four. I think there's three mm-hmm. of them. Uh, if I've got a team 
like Landon, where he's got Christian McCaffrey, AJ Brown, Josh Allen, or honestly, if I've even got a team like like uh, Adam sitting with Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and Cordell Patterson, uh, and he's got Daryl Henderson. Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm trying to trade for some for some pieces to help me make a playoff run. Uh, if there was a big gap to where I knew I couldn't make the playoffs and I couldn't compete, then sure, I would absolutely trade some of those pieces, you know, get you a couple of second round, third rounds for yeah. next year. But particularly in our league, if I'm one of those two guys, then absolutely, man, I'm trying to be active this week. I'm trying to make sure that I'm looking at my team, analyzing it, uh, trying to see where my weak points are, whether it's at tight end, whether it's at receiver, whether it's at my flex positions. And I'm just trying to get a consistent 10 to 12 point guy that can get me uh, something every week, you know. So those two teams, honestly, it would not surprise me if Landon comes out and makes playoffs or if Adam comes out and makes playoffs. Uh, with both of those guys sitting at two and six, I mean, honestly, all they gotta do is they're what two games behind the the sixth seed, and so I I think it can happen. And man, yeah, I think that's the case. Marcus, what do you think about AJ Brown tearing it up right now? Uh, man, I, I think uh, he's got the potential, and everybody knew that because I mean they drafted him as that, but he's got the potential to be a top five you know receiver going forward for the next few years. Uh, I think I think Tannehill uh, is a great quarterback. I think he has his moments, uh, but you know you've you've got everything you need, and especially with uh, with Henry going down, uh, you got to have a stud on the team. I think AJ Brown's going to be that for him uh, going forward. Yep, I think he's just improved why he's up there in the dynasty rankings as a top five dynasty wide receiver. And so yep. going into our next matchup, we had Derek's Manable Call versus Mitchell's Vertebreaker. Derek was sitting at four and three. Mitchell was sitting at five and two. And so going into the matchup, Derek was looking to continue his turnaround season. And Mitchell was looking to avoid a second loss in a row. So studs for Derek's team was Michael Pittman, start of the week, 30 points. And also TJ Hawkinson, 18 points. Derek's top disappointments was Raymond for Detroit with a goose egg, Emmanuel Sanders with a surprise goose egg, and Jalen Hurts with only 11 points in that positive 44-6 to win against Detroit. Uh, Mitchell's top performers, which was a surprise, was Brandon Cooks with 22 fantasy points and T. Higgins with 14 points. His top disappointments was Derrick Henry with five, James Robinson with four, and Travis Kelsey with three. So with both of the vertebrakers lead backs going down the injury, it was going to be tough to pull out this win. But Mandible Claw ended up taking the dub, one eleven to eighty eight. So Marcus, if you're a Derrick Henry owner, which honestly you know how it is, uh, I think what they're saying right now is that there's a chance he can come back by the end of the season. But what it's looking like is that he's done for the year. Uh, with him being that running back one, what are you trying to do? with him being kind of older. If you're in Dynasty, are you holding them and holding that ticking time bomb, or are you trying to sell? At the beginning of the year, uh, well, I think we had a conversation similar to this, and and I said, you know, you've got to stick with him because he's proven that he can stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the past years, he's had the workload, and he's fought through it. He stayed healthy. Uh, You know, injuries has not been a big concern when it comes to Derrick Henry. Uh, but now I think you're seeing that the workload is, is taking a toll on his body. Uh, so honestly, 
uh, for the for the remainder of the season, all you can do is you know pick up, try to figure out if they're going to go with uh, Adrian Peterson or the, I can't even think the other guy's name. They, Jeremy McNichols. Yeah, there was a thing on Facebook that said uh, name Derrick Henry's backup without googling it, and mm-hmm. I was like, I, I kind of know the guy because somebody I think Ben's got him uh, in the league, but I didn't know his name. So you're trying to get one of those two guys, yeah, and uh, and finish the season out. And you're probably not going to sell Derrick Henry low, but he gets healthy, you know, going going into next season, especially around the rookie drafts and dynasty and stuff. I think you're trying to move him. Yeah, and I can agree with that. I think uh, one thing I will say real quick here is that's one thing that I love about dynasty is pretty much it's just like stocks. You have your buy lows and your sell highs. Uh, pretty much you had a massive, massive opportunity to sell high on Derrick Henry. Uh, Mitchell, the guy who has him in yep. our league, the Legion of Doom, actually had him in a redraft league and just traded him away this past week in a redraft for Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones. And so Mitchell got a haul in that redraft league before the injury, and now he's sitting pretty in that in that redraft league. But now that he's got him in dynasty, you've missed that opportunity now. So I'm like you, Marcus. If I can make it throughout the rest of the season with him on my bench, I'm, I'm holding him. Uh, I'm not selling him for Michael Carter. I'm not selling him for uh, Elijah Mitchell. Nothing like that. I'm holding on to him. Uh, so moving yeah. in, moving into our next matchup, uh, I'll let you take this one, Marcus. We had Robbie and Greg. Right. Yep, I had uh, Robbie's RKO uh, coming in at five and two, and you had Greg Brogue Kick coming in at four and three. A uh, couple hot spots on Robbie's team was Matthew Stafford putting up a 32.2. Uh, you had Aaron Jones, thanks to me, putting up 24 points. Uh, Debo, doing Debo stuff, putting up 25 points. A uh, couple of low spots. You had Tyler Higby only putting up five. Uh, Nick Chubb underperforming, only putting up seven points. Uh, and then on Greg's team uh, for top performers, yeah, Jonathan Taylor uh, putting up 21.2. And then there you had Michael Carter with 32 points uh, and Tyler Lockett uh, doing what we didn't think he would do with Geno Smith putting up 26 points. Low points from Greg was Miles Gaskin. Should have listened to BJ. Only put up eight points. Kyle Pitts with only three points. And uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of underperformed just a little bit, putting up 19 points out of a projected 24. Uh, Robbie took the win, 157 to 143. And uh, Robbie moves on next week to face Mandible Claw, as Greg will move on next week to face uh, Diamond Cutter. So uh, Robbie looking to, to gain back that top spot. Uh-oh, my app froze up, BJ. <laughs> oh, you're good. There we go. Uh, what do you what what is your take on uh on Jamar Chase finally not having the greatest performance? Uh you, you think he's bouncing back and, and wearing it out again the rest of the season, or you think people's finally starting to figure him out? Yeah, man, honestly, I'm I'm still rolling him out there. Uh I know this past week they played the Jets and they unexpectedly lost the the Bengals there. I didn't expect yeah. that to happen. Uh, but I they don't got think a, anybody did. And so I know Burrow he had an okay game. You know he passed for two hundred fifty nine. He, he passed for two hundred fifty nine yards, three touchdowns, one interception. 
Uh, got you 26 fantasy points. But the one thing I noticed about Barrow this past week that I haven't seen all season long is the fact that he was spreading the ball around. Uh, man, if you look at their top yeah. three fantasy wide receivers at the Bengals, you had Tyler Boyd put up, what was it, like 20 points. T. Higgins put up a lot. And Jamar Chase kind of, eh. Yeah. But I think what it was is that all three of them performed really, really well. And so all three of them were in double digits. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Tyler Boyd's past couple of weeks, he's been the odd man out with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase going up there. So I think it kind of comes yeah. down I think it kind of comes down to Joe Burrow spreading the ball out a little bit more. Uh, you haven't seen that weeks past, but he's got a positive matchup this coming up week against Cleveland. I think Jamar Chase is going to go out there and and do something. I think he'll end up getting you about probably over 15 fantasy points. But after that, just a heads up, if you got Jamar Chase, he's on a bye in week 10. And then he's got a tough couple of games after that with Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, and the Chargers. And so it's something I'd keep an eye on. Something I would, I'm honestly, if you got them, you're still playing them. But uh, I think, I think it's nice to knock them down a little bit, get them back to earth, and then I still, I still like them. I still think it's a good wide receiver one, wide receiver two. But man, going into our main event of the week, you had Ben Stinkface sitting at three and four against Kelby's Rock Bottom sitting at three and four as well. And so Ben was looking to continue his turnaround of his season. And Kelby was looking to string together a nice little win here. And so Ben's top performers was, once again, the combination of Joe Burrow with 26 fantasy points and Joe Mixon with 26 fantasy points. Cooper Cup, the wide receiver, won overall, gave Ben uh, 25 fantasy points. And then he rolled out Devontae Booker in his flex, which gave him 18 fantasy points. Top disappointments for Ben's team, however, was Cortland Sutton only putting up six points with the return of Jerry Judy. And then you had Ricky Seals-Jones giving them three points and David Johnson giving them one. But I think the kicker was that he rolled out Robbie Anderson, who only had one target. Speaking of that one target real quick, Marcus, did you see that one target? I didn't. Oh, man. You need to go look at it after the show's over with. Uh <laughs> Sam Darnold targeted Robbie Anderson on like about a 15-yard out route. And when I say that Robbie Anderson got smoked, that guy got <laughs> folded up like a lawn chair on a clean hit. You need to go check it out. Uh, going over to Rock Bottom's team, Kelby's team, top performance was Tom Brady with 37 fantasy points. That's ridiculous. Uh, he had Austin Eckler with 24 fantasy points, Amari Cooper with 25 fantasy points, and DK Metcalf with 22. Uh, top disappointments for his team, however, was J- uh, Justin Jefferson with four fantasy points, Hunter Henry with four, and Odell Beckham Jr. with one. Uh, ended up the final score of the matchup was Rock Bottom <coughs> beating Ben by 10 points with a score of 133 to 123. Rock Bottom ended up moving to four and four. Ben moved to three and five. <coughs> so Rock Bottom looks next week to face Hitman Sharpshooter, who needs to get something together. And then Ben looks to face Stinger Splash next week. <clears throat> so, Marcus, real quick, man. I know Odell Beckham Jr. was a hot trade topic today. I know uh, they ended up looking to trade him to some other team. I don't remember who it was, but the Browns said that he's their guy. And there they ended up sticking with him. Where do you think Odell's <clears throat> inconsistency and his negative performances, what are they attributed to? 
Are you blaming it on that offense? Are you blaming it on Odell? Or are you blaming it on Baker Mayfield? Uh, I think attitude. I'm a I'm a big guy when it comes to your attitude and your uh, body language. Uh, and and I know when you think, well, it has nothing to do with your physical ability and things like that. But uh, he's just a negative guy. Uh, he always has been. He come out, you know, showed out. Uh, when, when he started with the Giants and once, you know, once he established himself, he, he got this demeanor about him that, you know, he thought he was the stuff, uh, even, even in coaching, uh, little league baseball, you know, in the past, uh, I try to keep everybody humble. And I think that's his biggest problem. Uh, just, just the attitude that he gives off. And even, even everybody around him sees the same thing. Uh, I actually seen, I think it, yeah, I think it was Odell. I seen a report today where they said his dad, had put out a video showing where he was open and Baker didn't throw him the ball several times. I was like, you don't do that in the middle of a season. You know, that's, that's not, that's not going to help him get, you know, passes uh, or Baker to look his way. That's going to be like, dude, you're a jerk. Uh, honestly, they was, you know, doing well, they're winning some of the ball games they should win. And, uh, you know, I think if he would get a better attitude and a better, better team player, he would, he would get the ball. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I watched that video that his dad posted, and there was a couple of those routes he was open and stuff, but some of those routes that he ran that they said that he was open on, honestly, it was kind of a reach. Uh, you'd have to be like a Tom Brady to be able to fit that ball in those pockets. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, what I'm attributing it to, if I had to kind of talk about his lack of production, I think part of it is that uh, the attitude, like you said, he thought he was a wide receiver one. At one point, he was a dynasty wide receiver top five. Yeah, but honestly, I think what it comes down to is that offense just really ain't clicking right now. Uh, you're not really seeing them blow out anybody. You're seeing them in their wins win by what seven, fourteen points max. Yeah. Uh, well, and they're they're run first. <coughs> I mean, I think they they it ain't been a week or two ago they led the league, you know, in rushing. So I think that's the biggest thing, man. I think I think they're hurting with Kareem Hunt out too. Uh, oh, they I, are. I think they got to get him back healthy. I'm glad Chubb started this week, but he didn't really do nothing. Uh, I'm looking for them to turn around for coming up. But uh, real quick, if you're listening up, we have our standings for our current standings of week nine. You have RKO move up to that number one seed and reclaim his throne, uh, sitting at six and two. You have Vertebraker getting knocked down to that number two spot. Uh, he's sitting at five and three. You have Sweet Chin Music bump up to that number three seed, sitting at five and three. You have Derek, surprise, surprise, coming in at seed number four, sitting at five and three. You have Greg's bro kick falling down two spots to seed number five as he sits at four and four. At the sixth seed, you have Rock Bottom gain a position, sitting at four and four. You have Marcus's stinger splash, barely missing playoffs right now at seed number seven, sitting at four and four. You have Stink Face being consistent as the third worst team, sitting at three and five. Hitman Sharpshooter is sitting at two and six on a four-game losing streak. And then in seed number 10, rounding it up is Diamond Cutter at two and six as he just beat Adams, Hitman Sharpshooter. So, Marcus, I want to take this time, man, moving into our next segment real fast. We'll start to wrap this thing up. Uh, what I want to do during this time now is talk about our mid-season review. Like I said, we are <clears throat> approaching week number nine. And 
Uh, there's going to be about, I think most leagues are going to a 17-week fantasy playoff with the championships being in week 17 this year. And so going into the halfway point of week nine, what I did is we got together and uh, wrote out our top 10 positions so far. So we're going to go over the top 10 quarterbacks, top 10 running backs, top 10 receivers, and top 10 tight ends. If you are a member of Legion of Doom, I will also be going over where they were drafted at when they were drafted in our startup in February 2nd of 2021, so just this past couple months. Uh, and so basically, if you just want to know where these folks were drafted at and what the return was on them, then listen up. Also, we'll be talking about some honorable mentions and also some busts according to draft capital. Sound good with you, Marcus? Yes, sir. Awesome. Let's run into it. Quarterback one overall. Who do you think it is, Marcus? Uh, well, I mean, I'm looking at it. So, Tom oh, Brady. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Tom Brady sitting at quarterback one overall on the season. I think he actually has his bye week this week. And so, it may take yeah. a spot down coming in the next week. Uh, but Tom Brady, he was actually drafted in our startup in February. At round 17, pick 10. Marcus, if you drafted him at round 17, pick 10, how are you feeling about that return right now? Uh, I think you're very happy with that. I actually got him in the in the church redraft league, and hey, I got him and Aaron Rodgers, two old guys, but it's a redraft. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we all knew that Tom Brady is really a robot, and he's going to put up those numbers until I, – I mean, was he going to play till he's – I think it's the Call of Duty game where they've got him in like – was it 2032 or something like that? Yeah. Like gray beard. I mean, he's never going to stop. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think Tom Brady's still good for Dynasty if he plays till he's 54. So, Yeah, I honestly see him playing, playing for another three or four years, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, now, rounding out the number two position as quarterback two overall is Matthew Stafford. He was actually drafted in round 14, pick two in our startup. Uh, position number three was Josh Allen sitting at round – he was drafted at 210. <clears throat> you had Patrick Mahomes as quarterback number four on the season. He was drafted at 203. At the fifth overall quarterback, you had Kyler Murray drafted at 302. Uh, Marcus, with Kyler Murray's recently sprained ankle, do you think he's going to play the next couple weeks? Man, as he is my quarterback in the Legion of Doom, I really, really hope so. Uh, he, uh, I, I think he will. I think Kyler is uh, – he's a competitor, and he wants to be on the field. Uh, I think, you know, with him taking that loss, first loss of the year to Green Bay, they're going to want to bounce back with a win this week. Yeah. So, I'm going to say he plays, uh, and I hope he plays. What's your thoughts, BJ? Yeah, I'm the same way. I hope it don't hinder his rushing game. I know that's one thing that he relies on a lot, but honestly, they got Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner. He's been doing great. Uh, if I drafted him in the third round of a startup, then I still think that he's actually doing pretty good as quarterback number five. I think I think he's going to try to play, honestly. I really do. Uh, quarterback six on the season so far is Joe Burrow, my man. Uh, Burrow was drafted overall in their startup at 9.04. It's a pretty good return. But I think this is the, the next person I think is the biggest return of the draft, the biggest steal of the draft as far as fantasy goes. Marcus, quarterback seven on the year right now is Jalen Hurts, the guy that I named my son after. He was drafted in our startup in February at 12.08, the 12th round, eighth pick. So let's just say this, Marcus, you're back in February. You're drafted in the 12th round. 
you're not expecting to get a stud quarterback. You're expecting to get a backup quarterback, right? For sure. So how how surprised are you as Jalen Hurts is your quarterback seven on the year? But not only how surprised are you, what do you think the future is for Jalen Hurts? Okay, I'm going to give a take that some people may not agree with. I think for fantasy, I think Jalen Hurts is awesome. I think for the next year, maybe two, uh, you know, in a dynasty league, if you've got him, he's going to put up, you know, points each week. He's going to be one of the top top 10 quarterbacks. I think going forward for the Eagles, he's not going to win them games. He's, he's probably not even going to win them enough games to get the playoffs. He's definitely not taking you to the Super Bowl. I'll be honest, I look for the Eagles this year to draft a quarterback in the in the draft. Uh, I think Hertz is, like I said, great at fantasy, not great in a in an actual football game. It's just the way that he runs a lot. He's going to score a couple touchdowns on the ground each week. Uh, but if you watch him play, man, he misses some wide open receivers. Uh, there's a lot of times he reminds me a lot of Cam Newton to where he's got wide open receivers and he's going to pull the ball down and run. Uh, that's why he's good for fantasy, but bad for, for an actual, you know, winning and, and getting to the playoffs. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think he's, I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. I think that he's got some room to grow. Uh, you know, I think this is his first season starting in the NFL, right? As far yeah. as like full season, and full so, season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you know he could, he could get better. Uh, going in at quarterback eight overall in the season right now is Aaron Rodgers, who was drafted at nine oh seven. The reason he was drafted so late is because of all the uncertainty that was of the off season. Uh, quarterback number nine was your boy Lamar Jackson, drafted at eight oh four, thanks to a trade between me and Marcus. Uh, quarterback number 10 overall, somebody that was kind of a surprise here. Not really, but Justin Herbert drafted at 408. But that's the top 10. So top 10, you had Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. I think the only person that really surprised me BJ here, to – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think the only person that surprises me in that top 10 is actually just Jalen Hurts. I kind of expected it, everybody else to be up there. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, just looking at it here. Who would you say number 11 is? Man, I don't know. I didn't look at it. Well, it, it will surprise you because it does me even looking at it. Carson Wentz, number 11. Nobody nobody suspected that. Hey, man, I know in our dynasty league, uh, Legion of Doom, I think he was traded away for the rookie 208. Yep. And so <laughs> if you could have got him for a second round pick, then kudos to you, man. Uh, so a couple of little side notes here. I uh, tried to look further on past 10 and look at some players that may have underperformed or overperformed, whatever, just some honorable mentions. Uh, quarterback 13 overall was Dak Prescott, drafted at 808. Before you come up my neck, I will say this, that he is just over a bye week and just missed a week due to injury. So honestly, he should probably be up there around quarterback 7, 8 range. Let's just be honest. Uh, quarterback 23 on the season was Russell Wilson, drafted at 802. And so I know Russ Wilson, man, I know uh, he wants to be out there. And I honestly think that I'm, I'm hearing that he could be actually back as early as week 10. And so I know the Seahawks are looking forward to that. So, Mark, let's, let's go into this running backs real quick, man. Who do you think the overall running back number one is? Uh, I'm going to say 
Derrick Henry has, has been a stud all year. And the sad part about that is, is knowing that he's gone down to more than likely a, a season ending injury. Uh, you know, it's, he, I think he was going to break some NFL records this year, especially with the extra game. Yeah, I do too. And you're right. Henry was the overall running back number one. Uh, he was drafted at 106 in our startup back in February, right behind Dalvin Cook. Uh, let's just ask you this question, Marcus. With him being the overall running back number one, and let's just say he ain't going to play for the rest of the season. Let's just say he's out. What? Where do you see him ending up in the final rankings? Give me a give me a roundabout number. Let's play over under a little bit. Man, I I still think that he stays top fifteen, maybe. Mm. Uh, the the separation he's he's like fifty points away from you know the the next guy in line. Uh, I'm I'm looking at it here now. Let's just drop down. Uh, yeah, your number 15 running back on the season is Melvin Gordon with 100 points, and Henry has 198. So I mean, Gordon's got to, you know, Gordon's got to put up 100 more points to catch him. Uh, and that that's if everybody in that in between that 15 stays healthy. Uh, you know, he definitely stays top 20. All right, so let me follow it up, Marcus. You think Melvin Gordon's going to outscore Derrick Henry uh, by the end of the year? Honestly, don't. I think Williams is is they're about to turn it on. Uh, they're they're getting closer to, you know, being put out of that playoff race. I don't know what Denver sits. They started hot, but they've won or lost what like three in a row. Something uh, like yeah, they're they're not they're not looking great. And towards the end of the season, I think they're going to put it in Williams' hands because they know that's that's their future. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I believe, was actually being talked about today as as being traded away so i i don't think gordon's going to get the bulk of the carries they're at some point in the season gonna you know switch it over and give it all to williams to kind of see what they've got in that you know in a rookie yeah for my perspective man i really hope so i got a lot of a lot of shares of javante williams i'm hoping that, that they turn it over to him but i agree with you i think it's gonna be close i think that if gordon does end up scoring outscoring henry on the final standings it's gonna be a tight tight run I think he may only outscore him by five or ten points. Because you have to think about it. What we're nine? No, we're less than that. We're we're sitting at yeah about nine weeks left of the season. Uh-huh. And so with nine weeks left of the season, he's got to score right around ten points a game. And uh-huh. I don't I don't see him scoring PPR. Have they had their bye week? I don't think so. I think it's coming up. That's what I was thinking. Uh, team. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, their bye week is week eleven, so he's got to do that with less games. Uh, they face that. Yeah, they face Dallas, uh, Kansas City, uh, and Kansas City again. So they's gonna have some, you know, a couple tough matchups. Uh, Chargers. Yeah, I, I honestly, he's averaging right now around ten points. I think so. I mean, possibly it, it it'll be close. He'll have to have a twenty point game to catch him. Yeah, there's a two. So, running back two overall in the season was Jonathan Taylor. He was drafted at 102 in our startup back in February. It's a pretty good return for your draft capital there. Uh, running back three on the season, kind of a surprise here, is Austin Eckler. So he was actually drafted at 310. Uh, I think Eckler is a PPR machine. Uh, running back four on the season is DeAndre Swift, who was drafted at 209. I think he's going to be sitting right around that top five just about every year that he's healthy, honestly. Uh, running back five on the season is my boy Najee Harris, who was drafted in the 101 of the 2021 rookie draft. Uh, Marcus, 
what how, do you think that this running back five is sustainable for Najee Harris? Yeah. Um, the reason that I ask this question is I think he's a good running back. I really do. He's one of my favorite running backs to watch. Uh, I know that that offense, let's just be honest, Pittsburgh kind of sucks. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is old. He ain't going to play past this season, in my opinion. Uh, I doubt that they let Dwayne, or what's his name, Haskins, be the quarterback yeah. next year. Uh, so do you think moving forward that Najee Harris is a top five running back? If you look at that offense, when you say, you know, it's kind of stagnant, it's all on Roethlisberger. There are a few offensive linemen away and a quarterback after Roethlisberger leaves uh, from being great. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got three really good receivers, uh, you know, Claypool and, and Juju. Uh, you know, once once everybody gets healthy, uh, they've got – Friar Muth, who, you know, is going to step in there and be, a, I think, a top 10 tight end for the next few years. So, I think if they go out and get a quarterback, maybe trade or, or sign somebody or pick somebody up in the draft, I think Najee stays stays top five. Uh, he Nobody's seen the, the receiving perspective of him coming out of college mm-hmm. being, you know, they knew he could catch the ball, but as far as doing what he's doing, if he continues to do that, yeah, PPR leagues, he's going to be top five for the next four or five years to come. I think so, too. Uh, running back number six, cover years, Marcus. It's Aaron Jones. Drafted at 307, trade away for Antonio Gibson. And so I think uh, Aaron Jones, he's, he's pretty good. I think he's going to be all right going forward. Uh, yeah. Running back number seven overall is Alvin Kamara, drafted at 103. If you draft him at 103, you're probably not happy about that return right now. You expect him to be a top three running back. Uh, number eight, however, is a big surprise here. Cordero Patterson. Undrafted. Should be Mike Davis. <laughs> undrafted in Legion of Doom. Added by Marcus in August. Dropped by Marcus in September. Added by Adam the next week for $50 in fab, which actually only equals out to about $5 in a $100 budget. Uh Man, I think this is the biggest surprise out of this list. I really do. Uh, and sleeper, you can no play doubt. him. You can play him as a running back or a receiver. If you picked him up off of waivers and he's currently sitting as a running back eight, you're pretty happy about that. Do I think he's going to finish in top ten by the end of the season? Nah, I'm gonna say he's going to end up being around that top fifteen area. What do you think, Marcus? Yeah, I think I think for sure he's going to drop. Uh, I think that they're getting Mike Davis more involved. Uh, and, and honestly, uh, you know, the reason he's up there now is you've had some, some big running back injuries, uh, some guys who, you know, who are getting healthy. You had Joe Mixon right behind him, who's set out a few weeks. Uh, and then if you look, I think Fournette uh, for Tampa Bay after their, after their, uh, bye weeks going to come back and, uh, looking at their schedule, have some big, big weeks, you know, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, and, and. Hopefully, like I say, Mike Davis takes away some of Patterson's carries and uh, he'll move into the top 10 and Patterson moved to like the 50s or something. <laughs> uh, your overall running back number nine, like Marcus said, was Joe Mixon drafted at 504. It's a pretty good return for your draft capital there. Uh, coming in at running back number 10 was Zeke Elliott drafted at 202. Probably not happy about that. Uh, so your top 10 there sitting as far as the season goes right now in mid-season review is Derrick Henry 1, Jonathan Taylor 2, Austin Eckler 3, DeAndre Swift at 4, Najee Harris at 5, Aaron Jones at 6, 
Alvin Kamara at seven, Cordero Patterson at eight, Joe Mixon at nine, Zeke Elliott at 10. Some honorable mentions that I would like to talk about real quick. Daryl Henderson coming in at running back number 11, drafted at 1308. If you drafted Henderson at 1308, man, kudos to you. Honestly, you drafted him back in February. I think it was, uh, whose team is he on? Is it Adams? I think Adam, it is Adam. Yeah. Dra- Adam honestly drafted him as a backup because he had Cam Akers as his running back one. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty good handcuff there. Pretty good return. Uh, James Robinson was somebody else I wanted to mention at running back number 13, who was drafted in the fourth round, fifth pick. Another person who I traded away in Legion of Doom, running back 16, Chase Edmonds, who was drafted at 1105. Uh, I think I got pretty good return on that trade, though, so I ain't, I ain't too mad about it. Some surprises here. 21 overall running back was Nick Chubb, who was drafted at 109. Now, before we kind of criticize him or anything, I will say he did miss week six and seven, so I ain't too mad about it. Uh, another surprise here, running back 22 overall in the season was Michael Carter, who was drafted at the 207 in the 2021 rookie draft. Uh, I think it was, like you said, drafted by Greg's orphan team, uh, the previous owner there. And so I think that's really good return for a running back that most people had on their taxi squad. And then the three studs who are disappointments so far on the season, Dalvin Cook, running back 30 on the season, who missed weeks three and five. Saquon Barkley, who was drafted at 104, is currently sitting at running back 37. And CMC, who was drafted as the 101, is sitting at running back 41 on the season. Marcus, those three studs out there, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, say that all three of them end up healthy. All three of them come back this week. All three of them end up playing the rest of the season, no more injuries. Right now they're currently Dalvin Cook 30, Saquon Barkley 37, Christian McCaffrey 41. Where do you see them ending up in the final rankings? Uh, I'm going to say they all get probably close to top 15. Uh, I'm going to say McCaffrey for sure moves back into the top 10 uh, because when he's healthy, he's putting up 25, 30 points a week uh, doing, you know, that's why he was drafted the 101. He can do stuff that no other running back can when it comes to fantasy. Uh, I think Saquon, uh, he, he jumps back up into the top as well, probably top 15. And I think Cook, uh, you know, it, it, his biggest thing is, is health. Uh, Minnesota's rolling right now. Uh, so I, you know, I think I think all of them end up top fifteen, and uh, you know, honestly, if they get healthy, they're going to help you in your fantasy playoffs. So they'll they'll get you, you know, if you if you make it to the playoffs without one of those guys and they're on your team, you get healthy. Uh, they're going to do for you what you what you need. Yep, and I agree with that, man. I think uh, when you look at it, McCaffrey honestly has the highest chance to end up breaking that top twelve. Uh, now I ain't gonna lie, Dalvin Cook, I don't think he's that far out of it. So right now in the season, your 10th overall running back has 126 fantasy points. Uh, let's see, Dalvin Cook is currently sitting at 71, so he's 50 points behind. Um, yeah. I, I don't see him breaking top 10, honestly, but um, they are past the bye week, though, so that may kind of help him out there. But I see yeah. I see all of them being around that 20, 15 range, honestly. I really do. I think they can easily jump over Josh Jacobs. I think Chuba Hubbard is going to fall out. Uh, Darrell Williams will end up falling out. I see him easily passing James Conner, J.D. McKissick, all of them. What about J.D. McKissick being top 20 running back right now? That's crazy. Yeah. All right. We're running into our wide receivers real fast. 
who's the overall number one wide receiver right now in 2021 season, Marcus? Well, you hear it every, every time you listen to any kind of fantasy podcast or anything, you know, uh, that refers to, to fantasy. Uh, the, the Cooper Cup of Coffee, as the fantasy footballers call him, yeah. dude is wearing it out. He is, man. He's looking good. He's got that Jordy Nelson of old vibes. Mm-hmm. And so Cooper Cup, the overall wide receiver one on the season, was drafted at 8.07. So kudos to Ben for drafting him in the eighth round and having the wide receiver one on the season. You have Tyreek Hill sitting at the wide receiver two, even though he's had a couple of bad games. Pretty good. Uh, sitting at wide receiver three, you have Jamar Chase, who was drafted as the rookie pick number two. Uh, I think you're pretty happy with that second overall pick. Uh, the surprise of the top ten, I think, honestly, that nobody saw coming in the offseason was Debo Samuel sitting at the wide receiver number four on the season. He was drafted in the 10th round, third pick. Marcus, if you drafted Debo Samuel and Dynasty in the 10th round, how happy are you right now? You're very happy. Uh, and, and I would like to see uh, – let me – I'm, I'm going to look it up while you keep talking, but I'd like to see where he went compared to Ayuk. Oh, man, there ain't no telling, dude. I think Ayuk was drafted, like, I want to say early eighth round. And uh, – he was drafted 502. Jeez, man, that's crazy. 502. And that's the so thing, man. Five rounds earlier. The hype train was all on Ayuk in the offseason. Uh, I was bought in. I'm not going to lie. Yep. And so, does Ayuk have a chance of taking some of those numbers away from Debo? Man, it's possible. Is it going to happen? No. And so, Debo, I'm, I'm excited in that return. I really am. Uh, wide receiver five on the season is Devontae Adams, drafted at 107. You have DK Metcalf at wide receiver number six on the season, drafted at 110. No really surprises there between Adams and Metcalf. A little bit of a surprise here. You have wide receiver number seven, Mike Evans, drafted at 503. Uh, I expected Evans to be in the top 12. I didn't expect him to be number seven right now. Uh, his teammate, Chris Godwin, is at number eight, with four, was drafted at 406 by yours truly. Uh, why, all right, so let's say this, Marcus. Evans is at seven, Chris Godwin is at eight. How sustainable do you think both of those are as far as being top 10? Do you think both of them makes or do you think one of them edges the other? I honestly, I don't think both of them make it. And I don't know if if one can stay there. I feel like it's probably Godwin. Uh, I feel like once AB gets healthy and, and Gronk's back healthy and playing, you know, to where Tom Brady is going to distribute the ball around so much that nobody's going to end up in that top 10. Uh, because, but they're all going to be, you know, you know, within say 10 to 20 range, you're going to have four receivers from the same team or four, you know, three receivers and a tight end from the same team that's in the top 20. So, yeah, no, I get that, man. I like Godwin over Evans, uh, as far as end of the season goes, the reason that Evans is actually up here is because of touchdowns over Godwin. Uh, but one thing I will say real quick, uh, you have your wide receiver number nine. Is also your running back number eight. It's pretty crazy. Uh, undrafted free agent Cordero Patterson once again rounding out the top ten in receivers. Uh, your wide receiver ten on the season so far is Hollywood Brown, drafted at seven oh six. I don't think anybody saw Hollywood as being a top ten wide receiver on the season. So once again, your top ten receivers on the season is Cooper Cup at one, Tyreek Hill at two, Jamar Chase at three, Debo Samuel at four. Devontae Adams at five, DK Metcalf at six, Mike Evans at seven, Chris Godwin at eight, Cordell Patterson at nine, and Hollywood Brown at ten. Marcus, who surprises you the most out of that list? 
Uh, for sure, Patterson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think besides him, uh, definitely Debo Samuel. Uh, yeah. I, and and you want to say Chase, but I mean everybody knew it. Everybody knew with him being reunited with Joe Burrow that that he was going to be you know a stud. Yeah. I don't know if you knew he'd been number three, but I honestly thought he'd be in the top ten. So yeah, uh, I did too. That's kind of where I was at. I I saw him as being a top fifteen dynasty wide receiver. I didn't expect him as being the dynasty wide receiver one. Oh no. Uh, as far as some surprises and disappointments or whatnot, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is currently sitting at the wide receiver 16. He was drafted at 207. You have Justin Jefferson, who is currently sitting at wide receiver 22, drafted at 201. Stephon Diggs sitting at wide receiver 24, drafted at 208. Uh, my personal opinion is I think Stephon Diggs is about to turn it around. I really do. Uh, yeah. I see him finishing top 15 by the end of the season. Uh, A.J. Brown is sitting at wide receiver 27, drafted at 206. Uh, so a lot of those second-round draft picks, 201, 207, 208, 206, D-Hop, J.J. Jeff, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, all those, you're not really happy with the return that you're getting so far. Uh, some people that you are happy with the return that you're getting, Antonio Brown, drafted in the 16th round, fifth pick, is currently sitting at wide receiver 30, even after missing a game. Uh, so he has a bye week this week, so he'll probably be around that 40 range, I guess, but I see him finishing top 30 at, as far as the end of the season goes. Uh, AJ Green sitting at wide receiver 31, drafted in the 20th round. Uh, I didn't expect him to be doing so well in Arizona, man. Uh, but honestly, that gives me hope for my rundown more shares. Uh, so moving into our last little group here, you have the tight ends. Uh, the tight end one on the season, I honestly don't think this is a surprise at all, is Travis Kelsey. Uh, he was drafted at 205 in our startup back in February. Uh, it's a pretty good return for what you got. You're looking for that difference maker. Uh, you have Mark Andrews sitting at tight end two on the season, drafted in the sixth-round third pick. You have another sixth-round pick at 608, and TJ Hawkinson sitting at tight end three. Uh, here's a guy I want to talk about real quick, Marcus. <clears throat> tight end four on the season. I, I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> Is your boy Mike Gusecki. Uh Marcus, how many points did Mike Gusecki score in week one? Uh zero, I believe. <laughs> it was zero. Do you know how many leagues that I picked him up in in Dynasty after he was dropped after that week one disappointment? I picked him up in like three leagues. Probably a man. bunch. Yeah, that's where it was like three yeah. leagues. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that. I, I think you're... it. Yeah, it was a mixture, a mixture of him and Tua, and I was like, "What the crap?" And I made the big trade for Waller, and then you know, Mike Gusecki says, "Let me show you, boy." <laughs> uh, Marcus, if you just had to guess who the tight end five was, who would you say? Uh, Kyle Rudolph. Nice. Nah, it's pretty no, close. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a uh, it's Dalton Schultz, man. Uh. Going into the season, I didn't think Dalton Schultz was even going to be the starting tight end for Dallas Cowboys. I thought Blake Jarwin was going to be. Uh, but Dalton Schultz was actually drafted at, two, at 20th round, second pick. But not only that, he was yeah. dropped afterwards. And so somebody actually claimed him off a free agent, and they have the tight end five right now. I think it's actually Kilby's team has him. Uh, tight end six on the season. This is kind of a surprise. It was the rookie fourth pick overall, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think Pitts has turned it on the past couple of weeks. He had a disappointment this past week. But with the way that Atlanta is, they're going to have to start feeding him. 
Uh, that's about it. They're building this team around Kyle Pitts. And so, like what Ben said last week on our podcast, he is a wide receiver playing the tight end position. And so, if you got that difference maker, man, you don't sell him. Keep that guy. Hold on to him. Uh, tight end seven overall the season is Noah Fant, drafted at 705. Uh, that's about what I expected when I drafted Noah Fant at 705. Uh, tied in eight, it's your boy, Hotty Toddy, Dawson Knox. Uh, drafted in one of the last rounds at 24.02 and then dropped later on. Uh, Marcus, how surprised are you that Dawson Knox is a tight end number eight on the season? Uh, pretty surprised just because, you know, you didn't see that coming. Uh, but watching him at Ole Miss, I mean, the dude is, you know, he's a monster. Uh, he's, he's fast, he's big, he's strong. I mean, and, and, you know, being paired up with, uh, Josh Allen, I mean, you know, he's got the potential to stay there if he can stay healthy, uh, which was, you know, questions coming out of college. Yeah. And I think players that he probably reminds me of personally, I know you're an Ole Miss fan. Uh, me as an Alabama fan, he reminds me of like OJ Howard, uh, Mm -hmm. Irv Smith Jr. People like that. Uh, they always have the potential, but I think Dawson Knox had his his share of injuries, just like O.J. Howard and Irv Smith has as well. So I think they all have potential of being the top 12. Uh, Marcus, real quick, man, I need you to do me a favor. And I need you to take your headset off and not listen to who the tight end number nine is, and it's Darren Waller. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Waller drafted at 410, traded for Mike Gusecki later on. Uh, I know this is tough to hear, man, but I think this is honestly an offense for Las Vegas' problem. Uh, they have had a coaching change with John Gruden stepping down because of the emails and all that junk. Uh, but, man, at the beginning of the season, we all thought Waller was going to be the tight end one. You know, we thought Waller was going to come out balling and everything. And then, man, were we disappointed so far. The tight end 10 on the season, though, somebody I did not expect at all is – what was his name? C.J. Uzuma. Ain't that how you say that? Yep. He was, so. he was undrafted and added as a free agent. And so your tight end so far on the season is Travis Kelsey one, Mark Andrews two, TJ Hawkinson three, Mike Gusecki four, Dawson Schultz, Dalton Schultz, excuse me, five, Kyle Pitts six, Noah Fant seven, Dawson Knox eight, Darren Waller nine, CJ Uzuma at ten. Real quick before we go on to this little honorable mentions at tight end, Marcus, something I just realized. Joe Burrow, this Bengals offense is explosive, man. They currently have the quarterback six on the season, the running back nine on the season, the wide receiver three on the season, and the wide receiver or the tight end 10 on the season. Uh, I heard a lot of takes that said that Bengals offense was going to be trash because they didn't have any offensive linemen, but they have sustained mm-hmm. top 10 in each and every position. I honestly think they are the only team to do that, to have a top 10 player in each and every position. So, shout out to the Bengals truthers. Your offense is looking pretty deadly right now. Uh, so, some honorable mentions to tie in real quick is Tyler Higby at 14, drafted at 909. That Rams offense is looking pretty good. Rob Gronkowski, drafted in the 25th round, is currently sitting at tight end 18, even though he's missed two games. Pat Fryermuth is sitting at tight end 20. He was drafting the third round this past year in the rookie draft. George Kittle is sitting at tight end 28 and was drafting in the third round. And Logan Thomas 
who was drafted in the 11th round, is sitting at tight end 36, even after he's been on IR. But I've heard that he is looking to return. So I hope you enjoyed our midseason review. I hope you enjoyed us going through our top 10, just kind of responding to them and stuff like that. It's a good little conversation piece there. Uh, Marcus, before we end for the night, man, you got anything you want to say to the listeners? Man, I'm about to do the, the mic drop. Braves up seven or nothing. And uh just going to the bottom of the of the ninth inning. So just go watch the Braves win the World Series. Hey man, barring it's a, it's a, a it's a good night. Historic comeback. That's right. So man, uh, on behalf of the Legacy of Legends, I just want to thank all of our listeners once again, man. Uh we do this for you guys. We don't do it so we can hear mine and Marcus's voice on our podcast or on the radio, because let's just be honest, we hate listening to ourselves. But anyways, man, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the Legion of Doom. Continue to be active. Continue to be in the chat. Continue to be making trades. We haven't had a trade in forever. I want to see a trade made this week, okay? So challenge to the Legion of Doom members. Make a trade, okay? I want to see one by Sunday. This is your commissioner speaking. And so, man, uh, we appreciate you guys once again. Uh, let's go brave. Let's go see the end of this game. I'm sure that Marcus is about to wake up the whole neighborhood. So let's get off this podcast. Uh, once again, thank you guys. We look forward to seeing y'all next week. Like us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Pod, at Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. Give us a follow on this app, whatever app that you are using. Give us a five star review. Get our numbers up. We appreciate you guys. We will see y'all next time. <laughs>